Welcome to Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Storytellers are often told that in the specific lies the universal, a specific time, place, or culture, and characters we identify with because, like us, they're complicated and often shaped by forces beyond their control. That's the case in Chinese-American filmmaker Han Xiangbo's short film, Drifting. Set in Beijing, at the time of China's one-child policy, it follows a teenager raised as a girl who then struggles with his gender identity. The film has justifiably won and been nominated for multiple international awards, and today I have the great honor of interviewing Han Xiangbo. Scene one. Welcome to Push In, Bo. Thank you for having me. Drifting is uh, very much a film about family acceptance and solidarity. Were there any events in the film that were based on personal experience? Yes. The starting point, the, the bridge uh, scene, you know, where the parents showed up to fight for their kid against those gangsters actually really happened to me. And that's really the first inspiration of why I want to make this film. You know, it's just for to show the love of a family in the current China's, uh, Chinese society. Well, it certainly shows. It's definitely a film about family. I was really struck by the authenticity in drifting. I'm curious to know if there are many differences between shooting in China and shooting in North America. Especially for casting. I think that's the, like uh, something I'm not very well adjust to the U.S. City, uh, system because they, for a casting process, you know, I have to go through a casting director and finding all the actors coming in to my auditions. But in China, it's kind of like a good and bad because I didn't find anyone good in the normal audition sessions, you know. So I decided to just go on street and just street casting myself. So I find... So the good thing is I found my main character on the street. I spot him on a subway. But I don't think I ever do that in, in the U.S. That's fascinating because he was amazing, especially in this the dancing scene. Yeah. The dancing scenes are entirely his improvisation. I didn't plan for this, you know, very modern disco music. I prepared a very slow, traditional Chinese music for slow dance and I actually hire a dance teacher to help him to learn the dance move. And we all prepared. And actually, this music I have to thank to another, you know, actor. I spot him on the street. You know, I actually followed him into a bar. He was preparing for a music session there for that night. He was a musician. He, he made electronic music. So he's one of my choice during the, you know, the rehearsals. I, I didn't eventually, you know, choose him to play for the role, but I really like his music. So I asked him, like, can I just use your music? You know, he said, yeah, for sure. So before the shooting, you know, we rehearsed the old song, you know, with the slow one. But I told the actor that, you know, I probably will use another song uh, on the day shooting. So so we shot the slow dance music scene. And then I switched music. I told him, just, you know, free yourself. So I'm not sure if he can really pull it out, but he did really, really good. So I eventually just used the, the second song. 
Your production design also really furthered the story. Uh, how did you find that incredible location that was uh, Jan, your main character's about to be demolished home? So also very early at the beginning, I and my cinematographer Joey, you know, he's from Netherlands, but he worked in China for so long. And he kind of get tired also of those traditional Hollywood lighting. You know, all the pictures are, images are very perfect, lighted. And I asked him, you know, I feel the same. Let's do something different. Why not we just don't use any film light at all? And then we, we just find the right location and capture the feeling and the lighting, the authenticity of the locations, you know. So that's the real world, you know, we're living in right now. So we end up finding the, the house. It's about uh, demolished, in, you know, in, in Beijing through the government plan. And then we find that bridge. But the, the lighting on the bridge, actually, we put it down. But we kind of copied from another bridge having that same lighting. But it, traffic's so busy, so we couldn't use that. Um, and also, because of there's a lot of, you know, landscape planning, there's a lot of, you know, ruins of houses. So we found one of them, and we actually shot the film there. Well, along with the surreal lighting, you did a lot of really interesting things. The aspect ratio also you played with. I don't know how people interpret it, but I just want to, it's first something I want to play with, you know, it's something fun to do. And also um, for me, it imply his inner war, you know, it opened it up after the parents, you know, really show their love to him. And that's when, you know, when they lost the house, but they... They actually reunited as a family, and the heart opened it up. Scene two. You've had a massively enthusiastic response internationally to drifting. Has there been any reaction to your film in China? Yes. At the beginning, I'm pretty hesitated to show the film in China because, you know, um, I'm not sure how people there will respond. You know, it's not like very traditional linear storytelling, you know, and it ended up like, you know, I made the film. I want to communicate with the audience, you know, my people. And it actually did really well in the festival circuits in China. And half of the people, I don't think they don't get it, but the other people, the other half are loving it. So I got a pretty split, you know, review. So. And is there much independent filmmaking in China? There's a lot, actually. I think the industry is booming, and you can see a lot of more talented filmmakers are coming out every year. Uh, it's pretty amazing, you know, to see all the new films coming out. I, th- I think in, in China, the industry is uh, split a little bit. You know, the commercial film are making a lot of money in the theater, but there's a lot of independent film that, you know, having good uh, festival runs, but couldn't really show that much to the audience there. So it's very split. But I live overseas for a while, so I have the privilege to see a lot of films coming up, uh, which is, you know, really, really good. Scene three. Is there one message that you'd especially like viewers to walk away with? You know, people ask me, okay, your film have a lot of, you know, issues, you know, in current China, are those are the something you want to really say and is your film about? And I, I, I always tell them, you know, um, that's not my intention. You know, I always tell the story about love, you know, of China society, you know, because I grew up in a, like a one child family and my whole generations are 
you know, child, you know, one child families. All my friends are, you know, they're a single child. So we grew up with the experience of not having brothers, sisters. So you have all the tensions, you know, attention and all the focus from the parent. And it's experience, you know, people usually don't have. And I just want to tell a very authentically, what is that experience? And also in Chinese culture, the way Chinese parents show their love are usually behave in the opposite. You know, when they're trying to say, I love you, but they actually say, you are not working hard enough. You should try harder, you know, you should do better, you know, something like that. And even push to a point that they don't communicate anymore, like in the film, you know. But the, the powerful thing is that when their love are not verbally communicated, they need a certain things to explode. And I think this is the film really about to me, you know, that I want something to explode and that this bridge scene is actually something for this kid to really feel the love from the parents. And I know it's also about identity issues, you know, like when growing up in the China, this fast speeding growing society, you get lost, you know, the, all the technologies and all the you know, you suddenly, there's so many information coming in and all the teenagers are feeling lost. And it's not only about gender identity. I think it's, it's just an identity itself, you know, and I just want to get touch on that. Something they can hold on is just from the love from the parents to the family. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today about Drifting. It's a really important film and I wish you all the best with it. Thank you so much for having me again. Tail Slate. And that's a wrap. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast.